Welcome back to the Cordell and Cordell and Men's Divorce Podcast. I'm Scott Trout, CEO and Managing Partner of Cordell and Cordell. As always, we continue to bring you information for guys before, during, and after divorce and all things related to family law. Uh, modifications, paternities, contempts, the process, and we'll talk specifically about that today, about consultations, something in the 28 weeks that we've been doing these podcasts since COVID started that we really haven't addressed, so I think it's a good topic, but before we jump right into that, I always start, as you know, as you continue to watch my podcasts, and that is, this is not an attorney-client relationship, this is not legal advice, um, remember, Schedule a consultation with an attorney that practices exclusively in family law like we do at Cordell and Cordell. And obviously, we're available for a consultation by phone, by Zoom, or in person where appropriate. You can reach us at CordellCordell.com or give us a call at 866-DADS-LAW. Again, 866-DADS-LAW, and you get more information about a consultation process. But you may be asking yourself, what is a consultation? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. So it was a good segue. And joining us is Camille Pedrick. Welcome, Camille. Thank you. Thank you, Scott, and good afternoon. Yeah, good afternoon. Thanks for joining. Let's talk about the thing that uh, you devote most of your time doing, and that is, and we use this word really loosely, in, or initial consult, first consult. Uh, I, you know, I liken it to, we can describe what it is, but for people getting ready to come in and visit with a lawyer, um, they have a lot of questions. They're nervous. It's like going to see a doctor for a problem. You, what to expect? And so we'll talk a little bit about that today, put their mind at ease, give them some preparation things and things to bring. So start at the top. What is a consult? Right, right. So so a consultation is the first meeting that a, that a client will generally have with their attorney. And usually that consultation, that meeting will last about an hour. That's a pretty standard amount of time that it would last. It's the attorney's opportunity to really assess the client's legal problem, determine what they have going on, what the cause of action might be, how they could possibly assist with that. Um, it's also a really good opportunity for a client to learn more about the law. Um, an attorney in a consultation should really almost be educating the client. They should be talking to them about what the law looks like, how it applies in the case, some possible results or outcomes that they might see as being realistic. And the client should really be able to leave that conversation feeling like they know more than when they walked in. Um, it's also an opportunity for an attorney to really assess whether the client is a good fit for them and also for the client to assess whether the law firm is a good fit for their case. Uh, so it's kind of like a joint interview where both parties are talking to each other and really figuring out if there's a good fit there. Yeah. I think that's a it's it's a great point of talking about, you know, diagnosing, giving some case law, finding a good fit. I, I have repeatedly for years, and when I did these seminars live for guys in person in the evenings, talked about the attorney-client relationship is much like the doctor-patient relationship. And so a good example, I was just, uh, my mother uh, had to go to the hospital, and the ER doc was there. And so just like us, we want to diagnose. Uh, we want to lay out a course of treatment, and then we want to educate about what the problem is. So this hospital, the reason I bring it up was the so ER doc comes in and says, here's the issue, and here's what we're going to do, and then leaves. And I thought, boy, I, I, I'm, I'm left wanting more. I want to know more about the diagnosis, right? And so I think that's a great point about education because I think that helps the, the client understand what is out there, what is possible? What does the, these big words mean? Um, and then that helps determine, as you say in the last point, whether this is a good fit. Because I say picking a lawyer is much like picking your doctor. You're trusting your life 
uh, everything you, you own, everything you've done, your kids, your family, everything, the most important aspect. And so that relationship has to be there of one of trust. And I think that's just a great point uh, that you make. And um, so I think, you know, when, you're, when guys are listening and you're thinking about a consultation, uh, think about what you would do uh, with a doctor and that level, which reads, kind of brings us to the next point of, okay, now they know kind of what that consultation is. What should they do? What should they bring uh, to the consultation to help facilitate everything you just said? Right. So the, the big one that's just great when people will bring it are their pleadings. And in some circumstances, there might not be pleadings available yet. So don't, don't be you know, worried or upset if you don't have anything. But if you have documents that relate to your case, that can be really useful. Because the attorney, number one, can explain those documents to you. What do they mean? When you first get served, especially, it's very frightening. You don't really know what to expect. But an attorney can explain, this is what this document is. Maybe this document is standard and this one is not. Those are really good things to be able to go through. Um, a list of questions is really useful. Uh, what happens a lot of times in the consultations that I am a part of is we'll go through everything. We'll talk about the, the issues in the case, maybe the law as it applies, and in a great consult, all those questions have already been answered. But if they haven't been, sometimes there's one or two that we didn't hit on, and it's a really wonderful opportunity to make sure that you're able to really go through, go through those with the assigned attorney. Um, the other thing that I would definitely bring would be any kind of correspondence that you might have received from an opposing attorney or even the opposing party as it relates to the case. Sometimes that correspondence, if it's attached to pleadings, especially can give us information about whether the case is likely to settle. Is this an amicable situation? Sometimes we can get into a little bit about what the other attorney might be thinking in terms of strategy, if we can see the, the letter or correspondence that they might have sent with initial pleadings, especially. Yeah, I agree because, you know, I was just, um, you want to go, guys will call and they want to have that consultation. Um, they think, oh, all my questions will be answered. I don't have to think about it. They're just going to, they're going to know everything I'm thinking. But I think it's, it's, you know, you need to really give it some thought because as you suggest, they're panicking, they've been served. In fact, I got a call the other day from a friend who said, Scott, I am freaking out. And that is really it. They were freaking out. One, because they didn't know what the process was. What do I do? And I always, I've always said, family law doesn't end at 5 p.m. You know, it doesn't magically, the emotions don't turn off, the stress doesn't turn off. And so, you know, like we, you know, our cell phones are available. We are there yeah. to talk through it. And I think that's key. You know, when you bring the list of questions, bring any documents, bring any pleadings, bring court dates, that's huge because, you know, take the time it's the best investment you're going to make is, is that one hour with your attorney to really get the information and make the best of it. Come prepare, just like you would anywhere else. You know, you're going to go to a doctor's office and say, well, doc, hey, I've got a problem, but you guess what it is. You right. Know? <laughs> and, and so just be prepared with the questions. For some dads out there, the coronavirus pandemic has become a pretext to limit access to their children. Other dads have been pushed out of key decisions affecting their children's lives. If you're one of those dads, Cordell & Cordell is here for you, as always, but with expanded services. We can meet you in person or by video conference on weekdays, evenings, or weekends. Our goal is to step up our service to meet your needs now. I guess then the question I guess for you is, um, what if I you talked about what I should bring, 
What sure. shouldn't I bring? Is there anything right. I shouldn't bring? Right. D there are some things you shouldn't bring. Um, you know, it, it's a little bit tricky when somebody wants to bring a third party with them to a consultation because uh, as attorneys, we certainly understand that having somebody there for moral support is, is something that definitely people need and that is important. Um, but don't expect necessarily that your attorney can or will allow that third party to sit in on the consultation. And, and there's a specific reason for that. Um, in most states, there's a real ethical issue if a third party is involved in a conversation between an attorney and a client. And the reason for that is that their confidentiality can essentially be waived by that third party's presence. And while I'm sure that as a client, you might be thinking, well, it's my mom or it's my new wife or it's my sister, so it, it, it's fine. Your attorney is really um, insisting on that person not being there to protect you. Ultimately, it's, it's all about the protection of the client, and that's why a lot of attorneys don't want a third party there. You're, you're usually free to talk to a third party about what the attorney has discussed with you, um, and if that's something that you wanna share, that, that is something that you can do, um, but you don't wanna expect that that person's gonna be sitting in the conference room with the attorney. Going back to the idea of the list of questions, talk to your friends and loved ones that feel like they wanna have questions asked of the attorney and write them down, because that's something that you can then certainly bring up as part of it. Yep. Um, the other thing I wouldn't really uh, think would be an appropriate thing to bring and can essentially take a lot of time out of the consultation is all of your evidence. If you bring evidence that you think is going to be relevant, it's not that the attorney that you're talking with isn't interested in it if they're not able to go through it in that one hour. It's just usually an issue of time. Um, and so things like text messages, photos, videos, although they might be absolutely appropriate to discuss with your attorney as part of the preparation of your case, is usually just too voluminous for us to go through in that initial meeting. Yeah, it is. And it's, I had a client one time dump a box of evidence and wanted to go through it all. And I said, well, we're going to be here for a couple hours. And that's the problem. And, and I really don't have enough time to really uh, appropriately advise you on these things and what the evidence is. And, and it is. It's more of this is the first step in a, in a much more a longer process. And we get more detailed where we talk about strategy and a roadmap and some case law and really giving you some ideas and letting the attorney uh, take some time to really absorb it and then come up with a really good strategy recommendation, which leads to the next question is, as you do these consults all the time, uh, when you do a consult, are you the assigned attorney or was that what the client should expect is who they meet with? Is that their attorney? Right, right. It's a really good question. Um, the answer is not necessarily. So in a lot of situations, what will happen is you'll meet with an assigned, uh, you'll meet with an initial attorney who's going to go over the consultation, go through everything that we're discussing today. That doesn't necessarily mean that that person is going to ultimately be the assigned attorney, at least in our firm. And I, and I imagine in some other firms, there's a lot of thought and care that goes into who the assigned attorney is going to be. Um, some of it has to do with availability. If there is a time sensitive issue, we need to have an attorney involved that can jump on it and start the work. Sometimes it's a matter of fit, you know, who is more experienced, who might be more comfortable with a less complex case. Uh, and sometimes it's the personality. Some attorneys are really great litigators. Some attorneys are wonderful at settlement. Um, and so we really want to make a conscious decision when we're fitting the appropriate attorney with a client. Yeah, and there are, you know, in our office here in St. Louis, you know, there are things, if I'm doing the consult, I know someone really is, has a good relationship with the judge or is really good with business valuations or child custody forensic examinations. You want to make sure that the right attorney is given. So it's, it's not like, I can tell you, if I'm a client, I want to make sure 
that I'm assigned to the right person, not just the person assigned to me at the consult, because we don't know what your specific facts are. So a uh, client shouldn't be put off by that. They should actually be encouraged by it because we're real, as you suggest, a lot of thought goes into that process and who yeah. should be responsible. And so right. then my favorite question that I get with consults is, hey, here's my settlement paperwork, review it and tell me whether I should sign it. Is that something right. that can be done at a consult or should be done? Right. It really shouldn't be done. Um, and and a, I know it's frustrating sometimes for people when they come in with, with documents or paperwork that they want to just have a quick review. I want to pay for an hour of time. You review this. You tell me if it's a good deal or not. Ethically, that's a big problem for an attorney. A, a good attorney should be knowing your case inside and out before they ever tell you, yes, this is a great idea or no, you really shouldn't do this. And that's not something that can be accomplished in an hour. Normally, we have to be looking at a variety of different documents, financial records, uh, other things to make sure that this document that you've signed or will be signing is actually a good deal. And so don't assume that the attorney's you know, trying to put you off. That's not the issue at all. They're trying to make sure that they're doing a really good job for you. It's kind of like, to use the analogy, similar to the emergency room that you were just discussing, Scott. Um, you know, if you go into an attorney, or I'm sorry, into a doctor's office and you ask them, okay, why don't you diagnose me with this problem, presenting them with marital settlement paperwork or something like that is saying, well, you can't look at any of my medical history, but I want you to go ahead and come up with a plan for me. You need to have that history. You need to know more in order to adequately advise somebody. Right. I've got leg pain. Just give me this medicine to make the pain go away. Right. Well, exactly. I mean, they're just not going to do that. They want to diagnose it. They want to find out why. And I mean, the example is... I'm always hesitant and I explain spousal support, maintenance, alimony, that is a huge thing. And once you waive it, it's waived forever in most states, if not all the states. And so whether you're committed to pay it, committed to receive it, committed to get nothing, that is something that requires more than one hour. It requires us to dig and also valuations of property, making sure we understand, and you do too, what the price tag is on everything you own to make sure it's an equitable, a fair, and reasonable settlement. Uh, unfortunately, that's the way divorce is. Uh, it's the way good divorce lawyers should be handling it. I can promise you, and I tell clients, you can leave here and you'll go find a dozen attorneys that will review that document for you and say, go ahead and sign it or not. And it's probably mm -hmm. the wrong advice. And so uh, you get what you pay for and you'll find them, but you know, yeah. it, it's, it is out there. So as we kind of wrap up this segment on consults, um, what should uh, a client who finishes the consult, what should they expect leaving that consult? So they should know more than when they started. They should feel like they've learned some of the law and how it applies. Um, I think a good consult should also end with a client having some kind of a strategy, some idea of what the plan would be. And sometimes the plan is there's going to be some more research that's going to be done, and this is where we're going to go with it from there. Um, but in a more common occurrence is that this is the, procedurally, these are the things that we need to do to get you to the next step. The goal is always to reach the end of the case for the client. And we realize that when somebody comes in, you don't want to be in this situation. And so you're looking for the quickest, most efficient end to it. Um, your attorney should be able to give you some idea of what that's going to look like. The other thing that I like to hear from clients when they leave the consults that I conduct is that they feel better. They feel more secure. Uh, that anxiety that you were mentioning before, the fear, sometimes anger, that some of that has dissipated. Because again, when you take away that unknown of how is this going to work, what is going to happen, um, those kind of emotions usually are a little better at the end of the day. Um, so if a client can leave feeling all of those things, I'm, I'm very happy with my consults. Um, I do also think that the, the uh, client should have some idea 
and feeling from the law firm as to whether they're a good fit. As we talked about before, it's, it's essentially a, a two-sided interview. Um, and in a good consultation, that client should have some kind of feeling for what it, the representation is going to look like from that particular firm, what that firm is going to provide for them to help them with their case. Yeah. That's huge. It's, I keep going to medicine. It'd be like, Camille, you come to me and I say, well, Camille, I'm sorry you have cancer. Good luck. Right. Uh, that's, that's $185. Yeah, thanks for the diagnosis. Now, we want to take that a step further. I can tell you that there are attorneys out there that will just school you on the law and tell you, okay, here's what the law says. Here's what the law does. They don't necessarily apply it to your case in a general sense, and they don't give you a strategy. They don't right. tell you, okay, here's how I'm going to attack it, and here's right. how I think you know we're going to take you down this path. All of that combined uh, can put you at the best ease possible, and I think that's what you should, as you suggest, every client should be looking for because if you put those pieces of the puzzle together that does make a good fit it's like okay they know the law uh, i like what they're telling me in the strategy and i like what they're saying to get to the end point you know it's it's not like you're going down the road without gps or a map and just hoping right. you get to destination z right. um, it doesn't provide a guarantee obviously there aren't but here's the best here's the best way to get there i can't tell you when we'll get there necessarily I can tell you how we're going to try to get there, um, and this is what I would suggest. And I, and I think that's outstanding advice in terms of trying to tell them what they should expect, because everyone should demand that. Yeah, and I mean, I will say the other thing that a, a consult shouldn't feel like is just, this is how much it costs, this is mm -hmm. what you know, you're ultimately going to pay us to do to have this process completed. You should leave a consult having a good understanding of you know, how, how do you do your billing? What are the retainers going to look like? How do you bill? When are my bills going to be sent to me? Those are very valid questions and they absolutely should be answered, but that's not all that a consultation is. It's not just a one hour, you know, this is how much it's going to cost you and here's our fee agreement and sign it. You should know those things at the end of the consult, but that's not ultimately what it's about. Yeah, transparency. That's huge. Camille, thanks for joining. Great stuff. Uh, helping guys understand this whole process when uh, they're really overwhelmed with, as I suggest, freaking out. So, Good stuff to simplify. I appreciate your time today. Thank you. Well, continue to tune in to our podcast that we do twice each week. Look forward to our October virtual town hall where you can log in, ask questions live, and get answers from the Cordell and Cordell panel of attorneys uh, as well. You can look for the podcasts on our social media accounts on our YouTube page, and you can go to CordellCordell.com. Again, if you want a consultation, just describe me exactly what we can do for you today. Camille and the other attorneys are also available at 866-DANCE-LAW or on the web, CordellCordell.com. Until next time, have a great week.